So our 68th class of this book, Vedanta Treaties, how time flies. So it's a very special day today. I'd like to wish all the mothers here Happy Mother's Day. It's a day to remember how important the role of a mother is in everyone's life. It's our mother who brings us into this world who gives us our first taste of food to nourish us in the most important part of our life. It's our mother who thinks we are the most special person in the world, loves us unconditionally. It's a very special bond. So let's recognize all the mothers in the world today, without whom none of us would be here. So happy Mother's Day to everyone. So a quick recap, last topic. We covered the law of destiny. What is the law of destiny? What does that, what does that state? Anyone? Law of destiny. Yeah, Megna. And it involves your past and your present. You're a product of your past, everything you are right now, physically, mentally, intellectually, spiritually, is based on your past actions. Your present behavior is based on that. Everyone okay with that? Yeah? Brilliant. This is the result of Aparabdha Vasna. Somebody mentioned that last week. I can't remember who it was. Someone mentioned Parabdha Vasnas. This is the result of Aparabdha Vasnas. Parabdha Vasnas are the Vasnas we are born with. We're born with a small portion of our total Vasnas. They're called Parabdha Vasnas. So this is Aparabdha Vasnas. We cannot change this. We have to accept who we are right now. So then what is the law of karma we covered last week? What is the law of karma? Is it past, present, and the future? Present. Actions? Carry on. Sorry, Vijay. Uh, past, present, and future actions. The law of karma states you can change your future. Law of destiny covers the past to the present. Law of karma continues it to the future. Definition of future. The continuation of the past modified in the present. The continuation of the past modified in the present equals the future. So that modification in the present 
is called, what do we call that? Two words. Anybody? Two words. What do you need to change your future? Yeah, Deepavin? Self-effort. Self-effort, exactly. Just remember that bit, if you don't remember anything else. Self-effort. Everything else you don't need to remember. This is called Purushetra. This is what you need to put in to change your present actions. The future. If you don't, then you continue to take the same path you're on. You stay a victim of your vasanas, meaning your nature. Very important. This is this this topic is very very important because it allows you the ability to change. I mean, we're all studying this subject so that we can change our nature. We can do this because of Purushetra, self-effort. And this is independent of our vasanas. We're a victim of our vasanas. Nothing we can do about it. But this Purushetra, self-effort, is independent of our vasanas. It's a big thing. So in other words, if you're now a businessman, you have business vasanas, you're conducting business, you gain some spiritual knowledge, you come to one of these classes, and you feel, you know what, this makes sense. I want to become a better human. I want to become a more spiritual person. You have the ability, Purushetra, self-effort, to change that. If not, you'll continue a businessman, a business person. You'll carry on based on your vastness. So does that make sense? Yeah, very much makes sense. So this means with self-effort, we take control of our future. And last week we said, depending on the strength of our previous action, and continued self-effort, we can change our future. Slowly neutralize our current destiny, our current personality. Set a new direction to achieve whatever we wish or become whoever we want. We wrongly blame God for our misfortune. God only sustains the world does not get involved in people's individual life. That's what we covered so far. Have I missed anything? This is the synopsis of the last couple of classes. Any questions? We're all clear on that? Just remember that, self-effort. So, birth and death, what a deep topic, birth and death. All of us can relate to this topic, can't we? Birth and death. We stated that this world is made up of numerous laws. We covered cause and effect. We've been discussing these laws. So these laws apply to us in our life in birth and death. 
doesn't matter what your name is, if you're black, brown or white, how much wealth you have, how many properties you have, what, how, what size business you have, what your status is, status is. Could be a king or queen, president or a, of a country. Doesn't matter if you're Hindu, Muslim, Christian or Buddhist. None of, no gods can save us from what? No God can save us from what? Death. Death. No one can save us from death. The fact that we're born, there's one thing we can all be sure of, and that is one day we're going to die. It's a fact of life. Please don't be depressed after today's class, yeah? Today's Mother's Day. Don't want anyone to be depressed. Anyone disagree? We're all subject to death. So what is this death? Why do we have to die? Age old question, what is death? Why do we have to die? What happens when we die? Nobody knows. So these next two topics discuss birth and death. Next topic is theory of reincarnation. Very interesting topic. So we'll begin today's class. Ravi, can you read the first paragraph, please? Birth and death. The universe displays a graceful progression of events. All evolution follows a perfect sequence of rise and fall, a rhythmic motion of construction and destruction. Night follows day and day follows night. The seasons appear and disappear in regular succession year after year. Birth, childhood, youth, old age, and death make a progressive chain. Cause and effect project themselves endlessly. The law of causation works with mathematical precision. Yet people hold fanatical beliefs that there is no life after death or that there is. Such irrational beliefs lead you nowhere. The subject of birth and death is deep, unfathomable. You cannot dismiss it first by just speculative notions. You must study the subject carefully. Death and birth are merely a change of state, a movement from one experience to another. There is nothing terrible, abnormal about death as people view it. So what is this paragraph saying? It's saying the world behaves in a structured way. There's a logical sequence, which is precise. These are the laws. Night follows day. Day follows night. This happens all the time. Winter follows autumn, which follows summer. Summer follows spring. This is fixed. You're born when you're a child. When you're born, you're a child. 
than teenager, adult, old age, and then death. This is for certain, guaranteed. Everyone goes through this. So this is the law of cause and effect. It is precise. It's saying people make flippant remarks that there is no life after death, or there is life after death. Anybody who says there is no life after death, or anyone who says there is life after death, don't know what they're talking about. Why do they know what they're talking about? Does anyone know for sure what happens? No one knows what they're talking about. Oh, you know what? After life, after I'm dead, this will happen, that will happen, I will come back. People make remarks, but they don't know what they're talking about. Meaning they haven't analyzed this phenomena, which is what we're going to do. No one can say for definite either way. No one knows for a fact. So we're going to examine this idea over the next few classes more carefully. Theory of reincarnation, birth and death, we're going to analyze this. So if, for example, we're born as a child, teenage, then we become a teenager, adult, old age, and then we die. What is death then? What is death? If you follow that sequence, anyone? Yeah, Danish. Just a change of state. Just a change of state. Just as you change state from a child to a teenager, you state you change state from the teenager to an adult to an old man, old person. Death is just another state. This is what they're saying. It's just one experience to another. There's nothing bad about death as we think it is. We all understand that the fact we are born, we have to die. It's as natural as a child becoming an adult. No difference. reason we feel more feel it more when someone dies because of our own attachment we miss that person why did they die they're meant to die but it's nothing more than change of state this is what they're saying the scriptures any questions So nothing to worry about, death. Ravi, can you read paragraph two? Birth and death are two sides of a coin. There can be no birth without death and no death without birth. Morning dies, evening is born. Evening dies, night is born. Night dies, morning is born. This chain of birth and death goes on parentally. So does the chain of birth, growth, decay, and death continue. 
the phenomenon of birth and death brings about change. The world is in a continuous flux of change. Creation and destruction are the warp and woof of the world. The play of these two powers maintains the mineral, vegetable, animal, and human kingdoms. This paragraph is saying that birth and death is a natural cycle. There cannot be birth without death. Give an example. The morning comes and then it dies to make way for the afternoon, which then dies to make way for the evening. And then that makes way for night. This is happening every day. Birth, growth, decay, death. This is a continual cycle. Birth, growth, decay, death. We're born, we grow, we become old, decay, death. Everything in the world function this, it functions in this way. It's a continual cycle. This is how the world is designed. This is how the world functions. It's a characteristic of the world. It says, uh, if I'm not mistaken, warp and woof. If I'm not mistaken, that means when you make a cloth, there's, am I right? I'm not sure. Does anyone know uh, warp and woof? I think it, when you're making a piece of cloth, there's, there's um, horizontal and vertical wool, whatever you're making, sweater, whatever. That's how you knit, isn't it? That's what it means. So to make that piece of material, jumper, whatever scarf you're making, you need to knit in the way of warp and woof. So the world is the same. This is what they're saying. This is how change happens in the world. This cycle of birth, growth, decay, death creates change in the world. And the world is continuously changing, just as we, as humans, constantly changing all the time. Nothing remains the same. It's a natural progression. So this law of birth and death Construction and destruction. This is what maintains the mineral world, vegetable world, animal and human kingdoms. So those who are not familiar, there's four worlds. Mineral world, which is all the elements around us. Mountains, rivers. Vegetable world. We all know what vegetable is. Animal world, the realm of all the animals and the human world. All four worlds behave by this law. Birth, growth, decay, death. Getting to the crux of it now. Yeah. Thank you. Any questions? Does everyone understand why there's birth and death? It's natural. Next paragraph. Oh, yeah, please. So, another question. 
So there are times when somebody doesn't go through the full cycle. And, you know, for example, a, a, a baby, a child, teenager. Can everyone hear, by the way? Yeah. So that process of, um, you know, you saying childhood, teenage, adulthood, old age, decay is broken mm -hmm. as such. Mm -hmm. So not everybody goes through that cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, why? Why? Okay. Does everyone understand what Sittal was asking? Not everyone goes through that cycle. Why? Anyone? Know why? Yeah, Damish. Based on our desires, if the baby or the child has exhausted their desire on this earth, there's nothing to propel them on. That's right. Absolutely right. Vastness. The vastness which they're born with, they're only born with a small amount of vastness, which they need to exhaust in their lifetime. And their lifetime may be very short. And that's why they don't go through the whole process. They may take birth again afterwards and have a full life, we don't know. Just as animals, animals are born, they may not go to adult. They may die early. Your plants, your vegetables don't grow completely for whatever reason. So everything has a cycle, not necessarily the full cycle, but the fact that they're born, they will die. Is that okay? Any other questions? Okay. Creation, destruction, and maintenance are three facets of the same phenomenon. They are not separate from one another. In the chain of creation and destruction of the different facets in the day, the day is maintained, likewise in the appearance and disappearance of the seasons. The year is maintained. In the progressive ages of life, the individual is maintained. The entire universe, therefore, is an expression of the three powers of creation, destruction and maintenance. The, de <clears throat> the devotional find it difficult to conceptualize the precise magnification of nature. So the scripture has personified, it, personified these powers as gods. Brahma as the god of creation, Shiva as the god of destruction, Vishnu as the god of maintenance. Also indicated to the intellectuals that they are one by combining the three gods in the form of Dattatreya. They think this world revolves around creation, destruction, and maintenance. Sorry, creation, maintenance, and destruction. These are all part of the same phenomena. Everything is maintained in this way. The cycle of day and night maintains one individual day. The cycle of the four seasons maintains one whole year. Us also, childhood, boyhood, childhood is dead, boyhood is born. Boyhood is dead, manhood is born. Manhood is dead, old age is born. 
So in this process of birth and death, we as a human being is maintained. This is a natural law. This whole universe is an expression of the three powers of creation, maintenance, destruction. Something is created, maintained, only to be destructed. This is the cycle for everything in the world. See, otherwise creation cannot take place unless there's destruction. And the between it has to be maintained. So intellectually we understand this. We have explained it today. Intellectually we understand it. But as a class of people who are devotional or uneducated, they cannot understand this. And that's a majority of people in the world. So in the scriptures, these powers are represented by gods. We are told that there are three gods in heaven controlling everything. Brahma, God of creation. Vishnu, God of maintenance. Shiva, as the God of destruction. But all these are actually one. It's one power. There isn't really a God up there maintaining everything. All these are one. That's why it's represented as a Trimurti, or a God with three heads. To personify that is one. They cannot be separated. You can't just have creation. You can't just have maintenance. You can't just have destruction. The people believe in individual gods. I am a devotee of Shiva. I'm a devotee of Vishnu. May not believe in any other god. There's nothing wrong in being devoted. We're not saying it's wrong. At least it makes a person think of God rather than the world. But it's wrong to think it is exclusive just to just that God. The three cannot be separated. Does that make sense? Any questions? Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh or Shiva. Villa. It's one. Does everyone know that? Yeah, Dharmesh? Good. So these are just three gods, but in our scriptures, everything in the world is represented by God. Lakshmi is God of wealth, Saraswati, God of knowledge. Ganesha, destroyer of obstacles. Anumana, represents strength and loyalty. These are all the powers of the world. These are powers of the world. But because people cannot understand it, devotional people, they don't understand this. They don't have the capacity. So therefore, gods are given for all these different powers of the universe. Vayu. Wind of God of wind, Agni, God of fire. These are all just five the elements that make up the world. 
and people have believe in different gods and then they clash which is silly if you think about it i believe in this god you believe in that god my god is real no my god is real no such thing there's only one god any questions this is from an intellectual perspective Nilam, make sense? Okay. So, no questions, we'll go to the next paragraph. Some believe that when a person dies, nothing remains, that death is the end of the personality, and that there is no trace of him thereafter. Others disagree with this view. They do not consider death as finality. They believe in the continuity of life and that the present incarnation is only a link in the chain of his entire life. Yet others posit the existence of imaginary realms of heaven and hell, where they believe humans go to after death. These beliefs are not based on rational analysis and derivation. Instead, you must collect relevant data, study them carefully, and draw intelligent conclusions from them. Only then would you get a clearer idea of the phenomenon of birth and death. So what happens at death? Any ideas? What happens at death? Yeah, right now. Um, your body dies. Uh, only the spirit lives on. Lives on? The spirit lives on. Okay, what do you mean by spirit, though? Uh, I think the body, mind, and intellect is diminished. Okay. And the Atma or Brahman in us yeah. survives. Okay. I don't know if I'm right. <laughs> Your consciousness that continues. Okay. So what are we made of as human beings? Let's go back to a bit of basics. What are we made of as human beings? Yeah, Magna. Um, your spirit and matter. So your matter is body, mind, intellect, and your spirit. Spirit is all pervading. It's everywhere. It doesn't move. It doesn't need to move because it's everywhere. The body is the physical body, which becomes old, dies. You cannot carry your personality, your mind and intellect. Your mind's got too many desires. Your body can't cope anymore. I want to go skydiving. How old am I? I'm 85. But he says, there's no way I can skydive. 
but I have a desire for it. It's too bad. So you have these strong desires to do all these things. But the body says, I can't cope. I'm too old now. So what happens? The body dies. Can't deal with all these desires. So what, what moves? The mind with its desires and the intellect. That moves to the next reincarnation. The Atman, the Brahman doesn't, Brahman consciousness doesn't move. It's all pervading. It's everywhere. This whole world is consciousness, that pure consciousness. Just like all the fishes in the sea. The sea is the same as the consciousness. Fishes die and born, born and die in the realm of the water. The water doesn't move. Similarly, the consciousness doesn't move. It's all pervading. Is that okay, Vijay? So it's only the physical body that dies because it cannot cope with any more of your desires. So your mind and intellect moves to the next body. But this is what happens at death. So people have all these strange ideas of what happens after death. One group of people believe that once you die, that is the end. That person and his personality, nothing is left of him. It's all dead. One group of people believe that. Another group of believe that when someone dies, this is not the end. That it's just a long cycle that we go through of birth and death. And that we'll be reborn again. That's another group of people's beliefs. The third group of people believe that when we die, depending on how we have lived our life, i.e. if we've been good or bad, we then go to these different geographical places called, what's it called? Permesh? Heaven and earth? Heaven and hell. Oh, uh you're already on earth, is that, well, I mean, I know what you're saying, this earth is like hell anyway, yes? <laughs> heaven and hell. And in heaven we'll be treated well, have all the happiness. Won't go into details. And in hell, there's all these ideas of a devil poking you with a hot rod or hellfire. All these strange ideas. It's a belief, isn't it? There are people who believe this, Shashi, isn't it? There are groups of people that believe this. So what happens? People get scared of death. Have I been good? Have I been bad? I'm sure I'm going to hell. You're going to hell. I'm going to heaven. We say this, don't we? So people get scared. See, these people who say these, they don't actually know. They have any, no idea what they're talking about. As you said, they haven't analyzed it. They've just been told this, or they read about these things. There's no logical conclusion, no substance or credibility to this. Correct? Anyone disagree? So we need to study carefully the evidence and then make thorough conclusions. Only then we will have a clear understanding of this, this wonder of birth and death. 
which is what we're doing now. Any questions on that paragraph? Anyone disagree with those statements? Anyone believe in heaven and hell? Last paragraph. There is another strange phenomenon concerning death. Though death is inevitable, and everyone knows <clears throat> that all living beings are certain to die, none believes it in practice. Young or old, healthy or unhealthy, even the terminally ill feel that death is far away. It is a wonder that nobody practically believes in death. Even at a ripe old age, people keep amassing wealth, enlarging their worldly relations, behaving as though death would never take hold of them. Intellectually, they may concede, but from a practical point of view, they ignore their imminent end. It seems paradoxical. On one hand, a person is so certain of his end. The very thought of death sends a quiver through his entire frame. His body turns cold at the mere mention of death. While on the other hand, it does not seem to bother him at all. He writes poetry, flourishes his art portraying death. What could be the reason for this paradox? How is it that the looming danger of death does not actually impede or disturb his life? Everyone ex expects to live on and on without being concerned about the end. The reason for this innate assurance of longevity is the immortal nature of the self within. Every human being is quintessentially the self. That being so, its immortal nature colors his material layers, which makes, him which makes his individuality assume a sense of immortality and keeps him free for, from the thought of death. Very interesting, this. So he's saying, even though death is something we understand intellectually, we all know we're gonna die, correct? We all understand that. One day we must die, but somehow we don't believe it. If you think about it, we don't actually feel it. We don't actually believe it. We don't feel it. Even if the doctor says you have three months to live, we don't feel death is coming. We never feel death is near. It's really strange. Even the oldest person thinks he still has another 10 years to live. Nobody believes he's going to die even though we know death is certain. Why is that? Am I, does anyone uh, disagree with this? Yeah, Thomas, why is that? Do, do you disagree with what we've said? Or maybe they just realise it's something they can't control, so what's the point of worrying about it? If, if you accept that birth is birth, yeah, it happens and death is going to happen and it's beyond your control. Why worry about it? Okay. Do the best you can now in the moment. Very well, Damesh, but not everyone can think in that way. Not everyone can think in that way. We don't feel death is imminent, though. 
no matter what. We don't have this feeling inside that we're going to die, no matter what age you are. Any idea why? Besides, are we are we trying to avoid it? Like because it's quite kind of a sad thing, isn't it? We don't want to lose people, so we get attached. So we think, you know, we don't want to really dwell on that. We, let's just live now and be happy now, kind of thing. Well, we can do that absolutely. We, are, as you said, we have no control. Uh, Magna, what were you saying? I was going to say that because the self is immortal, you've got that feeling that you will never die. Absolutely. We are made up of the body, mind, intellect, and the spirit, the self. That's immortal. It never dies. It doesn't go through the cycle of birth, maintenance, death. It's pure consciousness. The self within us, which livens us all, never dies. It's immortal. So what happens, we don't know this, we don't feel this, but what happens is it colors our material layers, our body, our mind, our intellect, makes us feel as if we are also immortal. The self is immortal. When we are all the self, we are all this consciousness, pure consciousness. See, so overpowers, it colors our personality to think that we will live forever. The God principle within us gives us a sense of immortality, makes us feel free from the idea of death. See, if we didn't feel this way, if we didn't feel this way, we'll be constantly be worried every day. Am I going to die today? We'll be counting the days, the months, the years. Am I going to die today? Cautious with everything you do. Oh, I better not cross the road. I might die. Constantly feel like that. How can we live? See, we don't realize it. But if we didn't feel that, we'd be a wreck, all of us. That's why people don't think they're going to die. That's why they continue amassing wealth, attachments. Worldly relations, even if they're so old, what do they need wealth for? If they're, if they're 80 years old, they're still running a business trying to make more and more money. They don't, know, they don't think they're going to die. But, but they know intellectually they're going to die. No one lives above 105 or 110. Eventually, we're all going to die. Everyone knows that, but we don't feel it. A strange phenomena. We never, we never thought of it. We never realized it. But this is why we don't feel it. I'll give an example. So, before COVID, once a week, 
um, I used to volunteer at a hospice. Um, and my role was to pick up patients in the morning, drop them to the day center, and pick them up in the afternoon and bring them back home. Now, all these patients have no more than six months to live. Some of them have oxygen tanks. They're all cancer patients. So at the day center, they um, give them lunch, they entertain them, make them happy. They're all gonna die. Now, believe me, and I couldn't believe it, I've never seen such happier people and they only have six months to live. I've seen more miserable people who are alive and death isn't imminent than in these people. I could not believe it. They, don't know, they, don't, they know they're gonna die, but they're so alive, so happy. This is because of the Atman within. It doesn't make you feel as you're gonna die. Strange phenomena. You can learn a lot from that. Yeah, Thermish. Or is it they know they're going to die, they're just making the most of every day they have? No point being sad about it. Yeah, but intellectually, if you understand that, that's fair enough. But not everyone understands that. Somebody could be crying all day, oh, I've only got a few months to live. You know, intellectually, you know, everyone can do that. Every time, everyone's got a smile on their face, laughter, happiness. If you know you're going to die, how can you do that? As you said, Dharmesh, they're just being objective, but everyone can do that. It's because of this coloration of the Atman, it doesn't make you feel you're going to die. Any questions? Make now. I was going to ask if we, if there's a part of us that we know that sort of immortality comes through, so we know that we're not going to die because the self is immortal. So, in that sense, we can relate to the self. But how come we can't do that for everything else? And we can't do that with everything. How do you mean? What do you mean by that? So we don't think we're not trying to relate to the self that that understands that we are mortal. That just we just know that because we the self is immortal. That just comes through. But everything else is so difficult with relating to the self. So why is it that happens? You see, you see, it's a favor this consciousness does for you. <laughs> It leaves you free to live your life the way you want. But it enlivens you to say, I'm here, don't worry. Live your life how you want. See, petrol in a car. It's up to you how you drive the car, isn't it? The petrol doesn't tell you how you should drive. You wanna go at 150 miles an hour, it's up to you. So that your life is your life. How you live it is up to you. You have free will. The consciousness supports you. And because it's never dies, it's immortal. 
it gives you that feeling. Because otherwise, as we said, how could you live if death is imminent? We don't know when we're going to die. We don't, do we? It can happen any time, any day, any year. We don't know. But we don't feel it. But that's it. Everything else is up to you. Does that, does that answer your question, Migna? And if you do want to become one, this is what we're learning. How to become self-realized. This is exactly what we're learning, isn't it? The more you identify, the more you'll be away from the troubles of the world. More, the more you identify, the less agitated you'll be in the world, less affected you'll be in the world. So the choice is yours. He says, I'm here. Here I am. But it's up to you to come and meet me. You have to put in that Guru Shetra, self-effort. If you want to. Is that okay? Good question, Migna. Any other clarifications? Does everyone understand today's class, birth and death, the process of it? Some clarity for you on what happens now. So next class, we study the theory of reincarnation. Nobody knows what happens after death because no one has come back to tell us. But we look at the facts and we come to a conclusion. Hence, it's called a theory, yes? It's the theory of reincarnation. It's not stating that this is what happens. But we look at the facts and we come to a conclusion. And if it makes sense to us, then we can accept it. If it doesn't make sense to us, then we don't accept it. It's up to us as an individual. That's it. Birth and death, which continues. Now, this next topic is quite long. It'll probably be two or three classes that we have to uh, take it up. So, any general questions? Yeah, uh, recently I heard death is a promotion. Yeah. Can you explain? In Parul's class? Wrong class. Yes. Did you hear in Parul's class, I said? Yes. Yeah, I thought as much. I death didn't. is a promotion, yes. It can be a promotion. We don't know what our next life will be. See, if, if we are spiritually developed and we're going on the right path, then we can only grow and become more of a developed human being. So our next life, based on our vasanas, which we continue from this life to the next life, we build, as we said, a karma. If you've been a good human being, the next life, you'll have good vasanas. It's a promotion. If you're a bad person, you'll be demoted. You go around killing people, you might come back as an animal. So that's demotion. If you've been a good human being, it's a promotion. Isn't that like hell and heaven? 
Not necessarily, because hell and heaven, people take it as geographical places. See, you could be facing hell right now. Hell and heaven is a state of mind. You can be, something bad happens to you. You're not in control of your personality. You feel miserable, depressed. You can say, I'm in hell. You have a nice prayer to some bhajans. You study the scriptures. You feel elevated. You can say, you know, I feel like I'm in heaven. But these are states of mind, heaven and hell. And they can exist at any time, any place. They're not ge geographical places. So next lifetime is a promotion if you are developing in this lifetime, spiritually. Is that okay, Vijayabhai? Yeah? Yeah, all, all, all good. <laughs> you're an employee right now. Next life, you might, you might come back as the manager. Can't wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to put in the right action in this life. Meaning you'll be more happier. Next life. Go on, you go on the spiritual path, they can only, you can only go one way, up. You go on the negative path, you'll only go one way, which is down. So what are your actions now? So that's uh, next class. We'll, we'll have more idea of that. What do we come back as? How do we come back? What propels us to the next reincarnation? Yes, yeah, Sashi. Some people see death um, as a good thing because they see it as your... Um, going back to your original self? Yeah. But if that happens, then you see now, this is the issue here. Some people will think that, but it depends on your actions. Not everyone who dies becomes one with the self. What you're talking about is self-realization, meaning all your vastness are finished and you become one with the self. And everyone believes that that will happen. But cause and effect won't allow that unless they've eradicated all their vastness. See, I'll give you an example. A, a person has been bad all his life, never treats anyone well, never spoken to anyone well, selfish, ignorant, kills, even kill people, lies on his deathbed, his wife says, chant Om, 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 and then you'll become self-realized. Quickly, chant Om, 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 and you'll become self-realized in your last breath. Is that going to happen? All lifetime has been bad. If that's the case, then it'd be simple. We can, be, we can do whatever we want in our life. Make sure we chant a few mantras before we die, and that's it. We're self-realized. Pratiban, simple. So this, people believe this, but it's not true. Is that okay, Shashi? Does that answer your question? You have to put in Purushetra, self-effort, to become a better human being. 
good question. Yeah, Dermish. You asked me to remind you about the Tuesday class. Remind everyone. Tuesday we have a group discussion. So if anybody has any questions, please post it on the uh, group and we can take it up. If it's about this, this birth and death, we can take it up as well. Thank you. You reminded me as well about it. Um, any other questions? Just jump in, you okay? Good. Great, well, I won't leave, take any more of your time. I'm sure you're all gonna celebrate Mother's Day today. So I'll leave you all to it. Have a lovely day.